this is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. New digs, new place to set up a good camera to get a couple interviews. Now, I'm looking for this thing called a casting couch. Go find me one and bring it here, and then we'll figure things out from there. No, not a settee, not the, the, the bar stools, none of that works. I need the, the, the couch. What do these humans call it? And why do they have a specific type of movie all about it? Don't ask me why. Humans, you know, they don't know anything about artistry, are they? And then, ah, oh, there you are. There you are. Ah, oh, you've come to, come to Vadini again. It is always good to see you, yes. I had uh, a little bit of a run-in, and uh, we've uh, we turned back from our uh, summoning by His Lord Majesty the Emperor. Um, some words were spoken, some sentences were laid down, but I'm here now ready to tell you more about the Daumari Celestia. Yes, now, there is a few things that has been happening since then. One, well, uh, the, this is a new microphone. You like it? Ah, good. I have a new microphone, a new recorder up there. You see it? You see it up there? Yes, good, good. And uh, things are improving, very much improving. They weren't so good before, but we still have a good story for you. And that's what you come for, the story. So come, sit, enjoy, as I tell you about what happened at, in the Taumari Celestia. Now, when you last were here, many, many, many moons ago, there was a bit of an interaction where well, there was some investigation with some of the bugs and some of the strangeness that was happening out there in the beyond. The ship, of course, was still out in beyond territory, far beyond anyone had ever been before. But there was a secret that they thought, our intrepid adventurers thought, they could uncover. And to do this, they had to go into the alien sector, for they knew something about the game something that had to investigate. That is what they did. However, things may be taking a turn for the stranger. Particularly with something about... bowling? While you're contemplating all that, I think it's a good enough time for us to go back to uh, Dooley and Ty, as they have made their way uh, through the ship, getting to the, the bowling alley. Which, again, I'm just going to, like, shake my head about every time. Okay, let's run with that. Can you think of another thing that I know they have in cruise ships? You know what? I'll run with that. I've never been on a cruise ship myself. All I know is they have casino decks, eating decks, shows, and that's about it. Yeah, I've never been on a cruise ship either, but 
for a while, my mom worked for an ad agency that was doing Royal Caribbean's web content. So like, I saw a bunch of their like ship diagrams and shit and like, yeah, bowling alley, that tracks. Yep. Bowling, bowling alley and then they do also uh, 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 mini golf somewhere on this on this vessel too. Sorry, oh, my brain went, oh my God, zero G mini golf. You know it's in this thing. Wow. Oh um, yeah, it is. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm really bad at regular mini golf, so I don't yeah, see how zero G mini golf can be like. The one time I went mini golfing, I was so bad at it that my dad was actively getting frustrated at at how poorly I was doing because it was like it. I can't tell if it was embarrassing or if it was just like no challenge to play against me. Um, but so I can't imagine I would be any worse in zero G. Well, like in, 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 in two dimension in regular mini golf, you have to bank it off shots. You have to think very two dimensional. Again, with the ricochets and where things land and get to the hole. Now imagine doing that three dimensional. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. At a certain point, there's a there's a floor on athletic abilities, and I feel like with mini golf, I hit it. <laughs> so unless there's some secret sub basement of sucking at mini golf, I don't think I can get worse. <laughs> I present to you another one of our buttons, the secret sub basement of sucking at mini golf. Uh, um, so anyway, so with Dooley and Kai, you make your way to the uh, bowling alley, and there is. Sheriff Aparo in his ranger robes, uh, looking, trying to look as casual as possible, which yeah. still looks like he has um, a a pool cue shoved straight up the rectum. He needs he notices That's not how you play pool. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks at Julie and you know kind of nods his head, and says, "Ah, Lieutenant, you required my services." Yes. Thank you for coming. And he turns to Ty and says, and you would be? Uh, oh. This is... Uh, go ahead, Ty. I'm a doctor... Um... <laughs> shit. Oh, Noreen Spears is what your ID says. Dr. Spears. I cannot remember this character's name for the life of me. That's okay. Well, it's not your character. It's somebody else's character. You just happen to be in their body. I, like, check my ID, like, inside my hand. <laughs> You got a permanent monster, you write your own name. <laughs> oh, oh, very well. Uh, a doctor, I understand. So, this bug problem you just you described, please, tell me more. So, I will explain to him the one experience we had with them. How they basically kind of formed a collective and inhabited a suit, and it's quite terrifying, actually. And uh, while everybody is off investigating everything else, I thought we would address this because it's been a few days since we've seen anything, and I'm concerned that something is happening. So He nods and says, very well, let us investigate. He uh, pulls out a Mimbari device. It's not a fighting pike. It's kind of close to a sword, sort of. In, it's a sword not in the same way that the Batleth is a sword, kinda. So it looks probably a little bit more like a Kopesh sword in a lot of ways, but on a smaller level. In a, in a Kopesh or a cookery, uh, a cookery blade, somewhere in, in between there. I mean, he just kind of like 
sets it up front, whereas in the, you know, it's in the standard, I am not a threat, but if you make me a threat, I will tear you to pieces, placement. I Alvin, lead on. Yep, here we go. To the methane section to look at okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's our For best cars. guess. They will need a suit. So if we go to the methane section, it's possible we might be able to encounter them. Very well. As again, lead on, you guys start making your way towards the methane section, and Aparo immediately starts asking questions of Dr. Noreen Spears, like, what are you a doctor of? And, you know, what brings you to this endeavor? I, I mean, now I'm just paying off college debt by working for this colony, hopefully, if we ever get there. But in school, I studied, um... Sorry, <laughs> my brain just went blank. Redo. Go ahead, go ahead and make a bluff check. Just, just you know, go ahead and roll a bluff check real quick. In school, I studied. Um, in uh, I don't know what the entomology is. Entomology, yes. Entomology. Sorry, that's what I was going for. Bugs. I studied bugs that attach themselves to people. Experts. Uh, <laughs> the lieutenant here asked me to go along and. See if I notice anything strange. <laughs> okay, and Ty just rolled a 35 on her bluff check. I'm not oh even going goodness. to do a sense motor. <laughs> this is the thing I'm, that Ty is really good at. Yeah. <laughs> I was not worried about this. I, I, I admit there's a part of me like if you if you flubbed it, I could see the, oh, what are you a doctor of? Oh, I'm a doctor of sure. shutting up. <laughs> uh, bug doctor. Oh, bug doctor. At this point, you're like the you actually just start pulling out just weird Latin out of your ass and talk about your various descriptions. You could figure out the, oh yes, parasitical entomology in a, in a, in a sub-vacuum space that dealing with also the neural connectivity of certain telepathic in, uh, ingraciousness in non-human, in non-human beings. You're making all that shit up, but he's buying it. My, uh, PhD thesis right there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, this is fascinating. Uh, perhaps when we are done, I shall investigate more. And you're like, uh, when we're done, I'm going to be busy, like real busy for the next checks watch 17 years. Uh, PhD costs a lot of money these days. Exactly. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're working off your debt, you're a medical profession, you're a mom. you got a lot of your place. A mother of children. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I'm not gonna mumble mumble children. <laughs> oh, really? What are their names? The big one, the small one, and shut the hell up. Uh, so, yeah, he tries to engage, and you're, you're weaving this dazzling network and full carpet mosaic of bullshit. When you get to the methane breathing section, there actually is a security officer there, but he's all, there's also the, the banks of the breathers, which is again like the big face mask that anybody can put on if they want to go through the methane section, because it's not it's it just means it's hard to breathe. It's not like going to corrode your skin or anything like that. The, the, the security guy goes, uh, uh, Lieutenant, uh, yeah, uh, is there a problem? Or uh, we're trying to keep this place kind of cordoned off because. The less they get out and see stuff, you know, the keep wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, the better. Well, we're trying to search for the people. 
he nods and says, oh, I understand. I haven't seen anything through this entrance. They may have gotten through the other one, but uh, I'll keep this one secure just in case. And uh, let me know what's, uh, Let me know if you need anything. Is there anyone okay. at the other one? No, ma'am. As far as I know, that they, uh, they've, uh, uh, they needed one section closed off, which I think is the other end of this. Uh, I'm watching the main gate here. Uh, it's possible they might have gotten through one way or the other that way, but they'd have to get through a couple security codes. So I'm guessing they uh, they won't be able to get through unless they really have in, in and out knowledge of the ship. And if that's the case, we're in a bigger trouble than that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to just do a you know, nook and cranny search just to make sure there's nothing here. Yes, ma'am. Strip searching the ship. We get you. Uh, so I'll grab a mask i'm assuming ty and taro is yeah both of them do have to wear masks though know, yeah believe it is what was there's only like one instance in the entire part of the show where you ever see a mimbari wearing one of the breather masks <laughs> so it's huh. like they actually fit on mimbari well i guess they do um, and they probably have special ones exactly from mimbari. and it was and it was the only time they ever saw it was the len going to see kosh one time before she went into the the chrysalis hey um, so yeah, so, and for, uh, Ty also getting used to the, oh wait, I don't have a bigger forehead and the face things on it. Oh, this fits a lot better than it usually does. Huh. Ty is resentfully comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> stupid humans making everything stupidly human regulation size. But yeah, now correct me if I'm wrong, do we... Uh, do you have your own rebreather, or do you are you still using the, the face mask from the side? Uh, well, I do have one, I think. Let me look. Okay. I, I'm not sure if it's... So I have what's listed as a breather mask. Is that the same thing? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay, you so have I'll a use my own. Yeah, I'll use my He's, own. I suspect the reason why uh, they wrote in that whole bit about gill implants is because it's way too much of a hassle to try to fit the breather mask on a Narn head with prosthetics. Yeah. Yeah. So we never see them there. But again, we're going to assume that you have a specially fitted mask or breather that you can use that fits you like a glove. Everybody, you know, the, the, the standard issue masks are just, again, silly humans making it to silly human size. Yeah. So the guard looks at us and says, all right, you know, take care in there. He also goes, um, Sheriff Paro, you know, uh, uh, he uh, salutes a little bit. Paro, you know, kind of does the, uh, puts his hand out, kind of the, uh, don't keep it low, low key. Thank you very much, low key. And the guard nods a little bit. Inside the methane area is very much how Babylon 5 does. All these spewings of uh, gas from the ceiling, uh, very thick uh, haze all around. It is, again, you guys have been here before, so you know what it's like, and you've been to one of the places where the game was previously, um, where you had the incident, so you not, this isn't foreign foreign, but it is still different when you go into a different atmosphere. I'm guessing you're going straight from where the guy used, where the game used to be? Yeah. That's where you like the most reasonable idea. Yeah. Okay. So, you head there, and using code from uh, Duli, you're able to open the door without a problem. Let's start with this. When you approach the door, who does the buzzing? How do you approach? And in what order do you uh, face the door? 
I stand really far away because I have soft human skin now, and Dooley is the one with the code anyhow. <laughs> yeah. So I will go up to the door. I'm gonna have that. Um... Okay. Melting stick is not the weapon that uh, I was given. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thor Ragnarok. We're in Babylon 5. I understand it's a little bit of a crossover, but still. I, I didn't give you. I, I gave you my um, micro plasma cutter. Yes. Okay. See? Melting stick. <laughs> it's not, it's not a simple weapon as it is, like, if you got locked in a room, you could get your way out because. Right. So, um. It's an arc welder, know, one way or the other. If you put an arc welder on tiny. steel, it's going to cut it. If you put it on flesh, it's going to do worse. Decide. I'll take out my shock stick, actually. Let's okay. just assume that we're not going to slaughter them and be able to question them first. All right. And then I will... Um, and where is uh, Aparo? Uh, he is... He initially offers, you know, do you want me at the door? How do you want me to, to do this? He's letting you take charge. Um, you could just stand to the side. Uh, you know, he does so. He has his hand on his, uh, his, his knife sword thingy. We'll just call it a, uh, his crook. Okay. And I will open the door. Okay. So you open the door, uh, and give me, first of all, give me an, uh, is that subterfuge or intrigue? Ah, hate that. I think it's, uh, intrigue check. Okay. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Let me just double check. Yes, that'll do. Yeah. You open the lock and kind of open it up to take a look at a few things. And slide of hand. Yeah, okay, that'll work. You actually had to bypass a couple of security locks on this that you didn't know were actually there. So you were able to actually do that just barely thanks to your uh, verification and your authorization codes, you normally didn't have access, but a couple of little tricks, like, okay, got it. And the door opens. When you open the door, the first thing you see is webbing. Lots and lots of webbing. Like, you know, it, a house, a haunted house level of, web, of webbing. No, thank you. Yeah, okay, start and take a step back. <laughs> Uh, now here's the notice checks. I need that for both of you, and Aparo will also do it too. Twenty-two. Okay. Twenty-two. What'd you get? It was uh, the uh... sixteen for Ty. Sixteen. Okay. So and Aparo. Okay. Ty notices a few bits. Just kind of looks over and says, "You know, wait a minute. That's a lot of webbing, but." Even you were like, wait, webs come from spiders, not like these caterpillars. Things. Caterpillars, not things that look like roaches or lobsters. Um, by the way, lobsters and lobsters and spiders both have one interesting little detail. In theory, they're immortal and they have no size limitation. They could just keep getting bigger and bigger as long as they live. Yeah, I could have lived my entire life and not had to know that information. Wow! It's <laughs> just fueling my nightmares, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> you with the giant motherfucking roaches around here for top giant bug of the year. 
We have so many insects right now because of all the rain that we had that we passed by when I was driving home from errands this morning. I passed by literally a tree covered in webbing. So oh. there's no. a three inch long roach in my house earlier. Horrible. <laughs> yep. No. Like straight up as long as my thumb. All of that. Is this web covering the entrance entirely like I can't step into the room at all? No, no. You can you can definitely see through that. Um, actually, you got the 22, which actually you're looking over and there's there's the webbing. There's a couple of the canisters that you remember seeing, but not as many. Uh, and in fact, the canisters you're seeing are all empty. Oh, good. Uh, at least for ones that you can see. You haven't done an investigation. You haven't opened up closet space or into the back room or anything else like that. This is just the basic stuff you see in front of you. So can we move about the room without getting totally gunked up with webbing? Is that an athletics check? Or, uh, I remember what the you know what is the move silently version nowadays, but eh, whatever. My athletics uh, is negative two, so let's just not even bother. Yeah, so I'm gonna pull out the torch actually, and I'm gonna start cutting down webbing. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll just wait. Yeah. Okay. I'll just cut webbing away so it's out of our way and we can look at everything. Okay. Uh, at this point, I'll need you to make a reflex save. Oh, no. Great. Hey. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I would like to remind you of two things, and unfortunately, you've already okay. taken out the I, cutter. I know this, but my character doesn't know this, and would have no reason to know this. No which? The thing you're about to say. <laughs> I'm not gonna get my plasma cutter back, am I? <laughs> that depends. Let's just say it's a good thing that Narn don't have eyebrows. Yeah. I'm really glad I stayed away from the door. <laughs> because it's not just webbing that is flammable. Did you guys forget why you're wearing the mask? Oh, holy crap. <laughs> Oh, you bring this up. Could Tylag make a roll to stop Tuli from doing this? I feel like she would know that methane is super flammable since she's a pilot. Uh, um, I will give you uh, a, uh, a reflex save to see if you can, you know, see what's going on and and stop her. But again, it's going to be a uh, very high number to work with. So go ahead and give me a reflex save. Um, is that total all the way on the right? Yes. Okay, never mind. I got it. Okay. What's your total? Just because I know you, did, you we had just as four, but I think you did your math later on. But you know, what you got? That's four. Okay. Nineteen. Nineteen. Ooh. Oh. I. I have to go to the cards. I. <laughs> I put all my points in. Well saved. That one's great. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay. Alright, so just for those who are paying attention, yes, I usually use the plot twist cards, but I grabbed a different set, which is the flashback plot twist cards, because I was checking to see what had happened in the previous. Um, I would like to point out the first card I pulled was Hindsight. Mm -hmm. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> the um, 
Okay, I rolled for a paro too, just in case. They're trying to help. <laughs> By the way, the other two cards I did, I'm not sure how this is going to come into play, was Best Day Ever and Love Triangle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming Best Day Ever refers to Mirgorat, Tubo, and Wagner's ice cream party. Kai has enough romantic interests that she is not personally interested in at all. She doesn't yeah. anymore. <laughs> Like I said, I don't think the love triangle is going to come into play with you guys. We'll see how this goes, but yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Julie's a Narn, so that just kind of says it all there, but... Uh... <laughs> Technically, Narn, Vakiri, and humans are compatible. Minbari is a question. Let's not even ask about Pop Marah. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so basically as... <laughs> literally as Julie goes... Uh, we're going to cut our way through these things, aren't we? Pulls out the plasma cutter. There is a... a wait, what? Uh, from... From Ty. And, <laughs> you know, the plasma cutter is engaged. And there is this... Boom! <laughs> and it doesn't, like... Thankfully, doesn't engulf the entire chamber. Or, you know, everyone's now burning alive in the fire. Um, I won't do that for such a simple mistake, but, um, what it did happen, and I'm going to give it this, uh, yes, everybody was knocked back for six points of damage, uh, as basically a fire and concussive wave just goes, boom, and it's all three of you, boom, back, you know, throws you against the back wall, however, the... This is a methane environment in a space situation. They know that if any fire happens, that's the end of everybody. So uh, there is a security feature that basically locked down the uh, the room. That was where the ignition kind of was. That took the brunt of it. You guys still got hit with both flash, fire, and concussiveness, but. Uh, it was nothing compared to what could happen, but the entire room, just, you know, you walk through the door, nothing just slide shut. It slammed shut real fast. And you can tell that on the other side, for about two to three seconds, there's a fireball. Well, there goes all oh, our evidence. Nice. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Third great cop. <laughs> I'm very pretending that Mirrorat knew they were giving Dewey a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, I kind of look startled. I'm like, yeah, uh, I guess I am a really bad cop, but uh, we won't have to be going through any webs. Or anything else. I start, like, digging through my bag of medical crap for some burn cream or something. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna try the door again. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the door is has the security lockdown on it until the the flames die away. Then, once it's considered secure, you'll be able to open it again. It's a security. It's a safety measure. All right. So, does anybody know how long it takes for webs to burn? Um, I can tell you that it's gonna be a little while before that thing opens again. So, let more methane in in case there's any embers in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know about webs. They burn pretty quickly. Very quickly. Webbing is one of those things you can use as a fire starter, as well as Doritos. Yeah, I just... That makes me not want to eat them ever again. 
shouldn't eat spider webs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oreos are also shockingly flammable. Sorry, what was that? Oreos are also shockingly flammable. Like, both the cooking and the filling will burn. That's not, not what I used for fire starting. So, anyways. Um, oh, I didn't use it for fire starting. We just lit one on fire to see what would happen. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I believe that's what they call science! Science, uh, yes. I mean, it's for 14 year olds. Yeah. All right, so. so uh, yeah, go ahead, if, uh, Ty, if you want to make a medical check, which I don't believe you have, but Let's go ahead with that. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could put a band aid on myself, equivalent. Regardless, you would think. No, I don't. You want me to do it anyway? Yeah. I have one medical. Uh, I think it's something you could technically do. Uh, use I'm not trying no. to like, do surgery here. I'm just looking for burn cream or like band aids or something. Exactly. You know what? I will allow it to so technically not a use untrained, oh, but it's going to be basically. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Twelve. Uh, with the negatives and everything, like now nah, you're you're like I don't know what's in here. I don't. Oh god, I don't know what's going on. You know what? I'm just gonna. It's like you just gotta make sure the fire is out on everybody and like. Yeah, th- we're gonna need ice packs. Lots of this ice packs. This doctor kit is useless. I like well, in the corner. <laughs> I don't know why I'm carrying this crap around. Like, she didn't have any first aid crap in here. All she has is just this junk. Well, it's it's mostly what they have is the, the high-tech medical stuff. You know, the wands, the scanners, the... Oh, I can sell uh, that. Take yeah. it back, girl. <laughs> so... But yeah, so you weren't able to, to, to deal with that. Aparo actually looks over and says, what, what was that? Why why did you bring something flammable into a methane environment? For a weapon. Apparently it worked. Yep. Quite well. If there's any bugs in there, they're probably dead. Yeah. Also, anybody else, also anything else we might have been able to use is probably burnt to a crisp. Well, we're jumping to conclusions. Let's see what we get. <laughs> so you end up waiting for a little while for the security lockdown to verify that um, basically all the oxygen and the methane had been removed from the environment, uh, which there's, a, there's another suppression system which also helps too. Uh, it's kind of like Halon. That also had to be removed from the, uh, from the air recycler uh, before the room would open up. Again, then the room had to approach a certain temperature to indicate that any more methane coming in wouldn't ignite. As you wait, probably takes about like a half hour, almost an hour while you're waiting. Uh, even Aparo is like, well, I suppose, you know, he looks over and says, I, I, I guess if you were a medical professional, this would be of use at right now, but I guess the... Uh, the telepathic insect uh, a doctorate is not as quite as useful as it, as it were. You get paid more if you specialize. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh um, <laughs> also so while you're waiting, rolling those off, aren't you? Perfect <laughs> um, <a> answer. <laughs> I'm a great A bullshitter also in real life. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> Oh, I have got games for you. Uh, I am not. 
though at one point though the, uh, the security guard you passed on the way in comes in and he says uh, uh, ma'am was everything okay I, I heard there was a fire detected in this area are, are you alright yep we're fine just destroying some bugs he then kind of stops destroying what ma'am bugs he looks over and says that's the game one of the game uh, uh, quarters not those bugs different bugs Oh, yeah. yeah. That's kind of important detail there, ma'am. Um, all right. Um, if, if, uh, well, there's a difference sure you... between sentient being and bug. This was a roach infestation. We did not murder someone just now. Uh, he, he kind of shakily nods his head and says, I, I, I understand very well. Um, just, just keep an eye on it, ma'am. Uh, and, and thank you. I'll I'll, I'll make mention this in the report. Um, he looks a little shaky, a little freaked out a bit, and then he starts. Well, if you've got everything in hand, I'll I'll wait till the uh, security measure uh, unlocks, and and I'll and you'll do that. I'll head back to my post, ma'am. Okay. You have uh, a smile. Back... <laughs> a terrifying Narn smile. <laughs> terrifying Narn smile that says everything is okay. It's just the apocalypse. Basically, after waiting a while and the guard coming up to uh, make sure everything's okay, the door finally chimes and says it's clear to enter and you can open the door, which I'm assuming you guys do to check everything out. So I will take out my shock stick, even though Ty, who is usually right about these things, says there's nothing left in here, and we'll go in and look. Okay. Uh, well, I let Haro and Duilu go in, and I like hang out at the doorway and wait for them to figure out what's going on because I have soft human skin. <laughs> and I'm Until someone tells me there's nothing left, even though I know there's probably nothing left. You have soft human skin and you want to make sure that if there is another blast, you have an exit port to be shoved through rather I'm not than. Like... about a blast. But you know how, like, roaches can, like, fit themselves, like, inside tiny, like, cracks in the baseboards so you can't kill them? Even if you, like, gas the place, I'm worried about something like that. Gotcha. So anyway, uh, in this case, this is now where I have an uh, investigation check from Dooley. Okay. Um, oh. Uh, glasses. Glasses would help. <laughs> oh, look. Now I can see. Investigation, investigation. As long as they're not whiskey glasses. <laughs> Oh, 17. Ooh, 17. Low roll, but okay. And, uh... Okay. So, you and Aparo start looking through, uh... Looking through the room, and yes, there's a lot of scoring, as you might expect. A lot of burnt stuff, but, again, no smoke, no ash. Uh, all of that looks like it's either been vented or otherwise converted. But there is, again, carbon scoring. A lot of burn marks, as you might imagine. Um, there is another door on the back, which is the uh, would normally be the bedroom-like area. Um, but uh, the front area here, again, webbing is gone. All of it. The jars are still there, a little blackened, but they're still there. Okay. The, both of you and Aparo start looking around for evidence of this. Now, one thing again that I'll tell you based on your previous experience, yes. There is a vast difference in the number of jars 
now than there was before. And almost all of them look like they're empty. There are two that are not empty, and they actually contain pulsating brains. Oh, I guess everything didn't get destroyed in the fire. What do you know? <laughs> um, how big are the jars? Oh, they're big enough to hold a, hold a brain, so you're talking... Yeah, I think about slightly larger than a human head. So, okay. You know those really large coffee cans you get at Costco or, like, at the grocery mm-hmm. store? Imagine about two of those stacked on top of each other. So probably a radius of about, uh, say, 8-inch radius. I think that's about right, 16 inches across. Uh, well, maybe a little bit larger, say 20-inch 20, 20 diameter. Uh, and probably about two feet high. Plus or minus. I like dump all the stuff out of the medical bag I have and like try to jam one of the jars in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you're talking like two feet by by uh, uh, about you know twenty inches, so it's not small. It, it, I figured the bag's fairly big. Like, well, the bag is, is, is like bags. a it's like a satchel in a lot of ways. It's a medical medical briefcase, if you will. Oh, I was thinking like a tool, like more of a tool bag type size thing. Never mind. Yeah. Think of like an actual doctor's bag, you know, where you have like, you open it up and you can pull stuff from it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't stuff it in there. <laughs> you could stuff the bag in the jar, but you can't stuff the jar <laughs> in the bag. Yeah. But yeah, so two of them look like they're still have a bubbling blue fluid in them. The brains seem to be pulsating inside their uh, their fluid, but there's only two of them. The rest of them look like they've been opened, unsealed, otherwise emptied, or never had anything in the first place. Uh, so far, this is just the, the sitting room. All the furniture that is here is uh, standard uh, stuff that you would find almost any other room. So a lot of the soft furnishings are still there. They're just blackened, but all the hard furnishings are almost untouched. Should we check the couch cushions for drop receipts or something? Or, like, maybe look in this back room? Let's look in the back room first. Okay. Does that mean, uh, Ty is entering the room? Uh, Ty is letting Aparo and Duligo in the room while she hangs out in the doorway. (laughs) Obviously, again. (laughs) So, you're standing watch. Uh, and you're letting the other two just kind of do it. I'm, like, watching them do stuff. But if there's anything in there, I don't want to be near it. You're the one she's supervising. supervising. <laughs> bugs, 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 How bugs, is it bugs. a coward? She's just not dumb, you know? <laughs> but it's also, as you as has pointed out from the couple of times she's had visions of bugs, she's not a fan. Also um, Alright, give me another investigation check from Julie as you and Aparo enter the back room. 25! Oh, nice! nice. All right. When you go in the back room, again, it looks like uh, the door had sealed itself during the blaze, so the back room itself isn't touched. Or it's not touched much, I should say. You know, there's a little flaring of, like, near the door of where it kind of seeped through a little bit. But, again, you open it up and the methane comes right out, kind of clean-ish methane compared to what you were dealing with. The bedroom itself is very simple. Uh, looks like it has a not necessarily a bed in the traditional sense. It's halfway between a massive beanbag chair and a hammock. 
somewhere in between the two. It's almost like, again, made by some spider's nest with a uh, great degree of engineering to make this combination bed chair nesting thing. Uh, okay, but, so you know, the side, that sounds like the coolest piece of furniture. <laughs> Contact <laughs> love that. That's all I've got to say. Start, what'd you say, Ty? Except it's made of spider webs, which is yeah, objectively no, gross. <laughs> Actually, it's not even that much spider webs. It looks like some of this was uh, ropes and uh, other material that this was made for the area. Like, this, this was made for the game somehow. The, the game for whatever reason, don't sleep on a bed the way most people do, I guess. Because yeah. why would you sleep on a bed when you can sleep on a combination beanbag slash hammock? Like, that makes perfect sense. I get it. <laughs> Have you seen those large pillows that they sell that are covered, like, with a plushy fabric, and literally you can use them as a nest slash bed? So it's, it's a human-sized dog bed. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Except By it's the way, about a foot deep, so... Yeah, human size. That's, that's yep. nothing. Look up if you get a chance in the speed. I got later. The love sack. I know that sounds terrible, <laughs> but a friend of mine had one, and it is like this beanbag chair made very comfortably that is uh, larger than a couch. Yeah, that's probably what I saw. That yeah. looked very interesting. Comfy. See, looks super comfy except for the part where my back is all jacked up so like i i probably sit on it and then never be able to get up from it <laughs> let's just say that's not not a not an uncommon reaction so yeah but the whole place looks like it was designed for another anatomy where they're comfortable how they feel secure all the rest of that so it doesn't look like a usual standard human here this is a bed this is an end table there is actually a closet that you can see and then there's a couple of racks, which, as far as you can tell, don't look like clothing racks, but uh, Aparo will indicate these are hanging mounts for repairs of encounter suits. Are there any suits on them? Well, you, you can't see. You're still outside. Or you're still Man, in the I'm outer section. I'm inside through the door. I'm just not going in. Yeah. That, again, you're looking from one door to the next, and this is in a different kind of room, so you're not necessarily looking. But, uh, oh, I see what you mean. I thought I was, I thought, like, you mean I'm still out in the hall? Okay. Well, you're still in the doorway between the hall and the main room, and this is in the bedroom, so you can see into the door into the bedroom, but you can't see everything in it because, you know, there's walls and stuff in the way. I guess I'll have to go in. Alright. Curiosity has outweighed my preservation instinct. <laughs> uh, in which in the case, you're allowed to do an investigation roll as well. Okay, cool. This is going to be pointless, but cool. Also, I appreciate that the need for closet space transcends cultures. <laughs> Ever, it, it, it's a universalism that even George Carlin talked about. You need a place for your stuff. Okay, 15. All right, so, yeah, you're all you're looking around. It's like, going, okay, this is interesting. It's still kind of alien, but it is, you know, manufactured by uh, a relatively humanoid race, so they have standard things of you know, where to put various things. There's a small desk, there's a, you know, the, the, the nesting area, and then there's the, the storage areas. Here, yes, there is one uh, encounter suit still there. It looks like it's in pieces, like they had disconnected the arms and legs and rerouted a couple of the rebreathing technologies, like they were harvesting parts or otherwise things had burned out and need replacement. 
it is a game design, so it does definitely look like another game suit rather than any other of the few species that require encounter suits, which I think right now basically are whatever Nagrath is and the Vorlons offhand, but the Vorlons are gone, so... Yeah, basically, you see the suit there. Uh, you see the, the nesting area for sleep. And there's a couple of small jars in and around, very much like the brain in the jar things there. A couple of them are empty. A couple of them are sealed, so you can't, you don't know what's inside or not. They just like, look like cylinders with strange glyphs on them. And then, yeah, there's still the closet to investigate. I'm not opening the closet. <laughs> I Your curiosity only goes so far. But I do have my yeah, shock stick out. Just let you know. Okay. So, alright. So does that mean that Julie is going to open the closet? Yeah, I will open the closet. Okay. <sighs> Sorry, I just threw a couple more cards, and I think I'm going to have some fun. So, you open the closet. The first thing you see with the closet is again more jars these are filled and these this is where it gets disturbing uh these brains aren't just brains they're entire nervous systems from a basically the mid back all the way up to the head which include the eyes you understand we're not in cthulhu right this is why i didn't open the closet <laughs> I understand you're not Cthulhu. This is actually gonna. There's there's logic reasons for all of this, but basically, when you open the closet, it was a couple areas there. Now here's something else. See, give me a quick notice check. Do gives you a notice check on this one. Give me just a moment. I don't know. Is she gonna notice something else that's completely fucking insane? <laughs> <laughs> I really am expecting him to say, roll a, roll a sanity check. <laughs> 20. Okay, 20. Not bad. You have a great notice. All right, so, uh, but that's not a natural 20, but it is a 20. Um, so what you notice, though, is that these jars are powered. They actually have a little bit of a light indicator on the edge of the rim in some sort of... Um, the way I would describe it to anybody is Kirby-esque. You know, squiggly lines, circles for no reason, very much like Jack Kirby had designed some of the uh, outlining technology. Uh, for those of you who do not know who Jack Kirby is, go educate yourself. I'll wait. Okay, everyone back? Okay, all right, cool. But Jack Kirby was one of the guys who designed the Fantastic Four, Mr. Miracle. Uh, if you want to know why everything looks as weird as it does in the new Eternals movie, it's because Jack Kirby designed all that, and he just went bog wild. Yeah, it looks a lot like that, but definitely looks like there's power going through these jars to, you're assuming, the, the brains inside. What's also freaky is that the eyes move to look at you, and you find that some part of this jar actually has some sort of readout on the bottom that kind of scrolls past. Again, if this was a uh, cyberpunk story or something like that, it would look like those ticker uh, ticker readouts on computers. But this is, you know, very sci-fi, so it's a little bit more smoother, looks a little bit more LED, but in a strange 
font that kind of scrolls past as the sounds try to come out. Okay, over the table, Mirgrat's going to be really upset if you don't bring them a brain in a jar. (laughs) going to, but she's not just going to carry the damn thing, like, back through the hallways. Yeah, is there... Someone's going to ask questions. Is there, like, a bedspread or, you know, a, a, a... a garment bag or something. Apparently this medical bag is literally useless for everything. <laughs> um, Aparo can ta- can actually take off his, his ranger cloak and wrap it in it if you if you ask. He's kind of amazed as he looks at this. Just, but we, what? Those are I think crazy. they might be alive. They are. Look. He actually holds his finger, moves it slowly to the left, Moves it slowly to the right, and all the eyes follow oh, this the thing. This is the worst thing okay. I've ever seen in How? my life. <laughs> we can't fit three of them, though. We need to take all three. Why don't we just take a picture and take one of the normal brains that don't look at you and let Mirgrad do whatever the hell Mirgrad does with that crap and just forget we ever saw the rest of this? No, we, oh. we can't do that. All right, I'm gonna all three of you get the notice check. I look really unhappy. (laughs) Sorry. Is Uh, there a a chair on wheels or a a tea service cart? I mean, I'm assuming I don't need to do a notice check because I'm not in the Nope, nope. Six. All right, sorcerer got a six. You're too busy looking at the eyes. (laughs) Do leave. Twenty-eight. All right, you're noticing that there actually is a sound coming out of the jars. It's it's kind of mechanical, kind of chirpy, kind of squeaky. It's not. It doesn't sound like it's, it's part of the machinery. It actually is coming in 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 anti rhythms. So it'd be like. So it doesn't sound like it's actually part of the machinery. So, I don't know how much Dooley would know, as opposed to how much I know. I know that our ears don't actually process the sound, they direct the sound. Mm-hmm. So, it is possible that nerves could pick up a sound, and the brain could still process it, it just would sound different than, because our ears function to direct that sound into a place where our brains can process it. So. I, I'm going to turn and look at the brains once again. And then, is there like, no, uh, doctor, you might know this. Is there like a universal symbol for, uh, like help or SOS or something? I like stare at Julie and like shrug because she fucking knows okay. I'm not actually a doctor. No, but I'm thinking this might be something that you like a a a, a distress signal the uh, like ships uh, might use that you would know doing a rescue or something. Well, it's they tried to the ISA has tried to standardize it, but they tried to standardize it to the human mayday signal, which. Some cultures just don't want to use it, so yes and no. Okay, so... Like telling a centauri they have to use a human mayday signal, like... Yeah. These... But, this, these... but it's, like, it's like airline pilots, where, again, every, all airline pilots have to learn English, whether or not they actually know it, whether or not, in either case. Except okay. way more complicated, because of aliens. 
Yeah, sort exactly. of, sure, kind of, but not exactly. All right, so it's possible I would know this from hanging around humans so much. Tell me again how these brains, are they like in a canister suspended from a rod in the closet, or are they sitting on the floor, or...? Uh, so yeah, are they basically they're being stacked in the this this uh, in the closet? It's like they have a couple of shelves, and they are being stacked in there in a very orderly manner. Uh, you say this, you know, like I said, there's a couple of them there. You say maybe four. If you go digging, you might find more based on how they're laid out. But again, what you can see initially is about four of them. Okay. Well, if you must take one back, why don't we just put a car's cloak over it, drop it on a dolly? I- in a closet. I guess we can get one out of a closet somewhere and pretend it's a barrel. Okay. Is there... For, first, I want to try two things. Mm-hmm. One, I want to go up to the glass jar and I'm going to look right at the eyes. Okay. And I'm going to say in, like, exaggerated mouth lips so that maybe if they can read lips, they can understand. We're trying to help you. Please let me know if you can respond, and I'm going to tap very lightly, because I can't imagine this would be pleasant to a brain, very mm-hmm. lightly on the the container, the uh, the mayday, the dot 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 dash 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 dot dot dot. Okay. Uh, do anything. Okay. So you go and, very and I'm, pretty. I'm especially listening for the sounds. Okay. You're like you try to explain a little bit. There's a bit of a pause. And you go, and you actually hear for the one you actually tapped on a little bit of the. And then it starts getting echoed by the rest of them. Okay. Yeah, that's weird and things indicative. Um, Second thing I want to do is there like an office chair with wheels? <laughs> oh, let's just say if there was, it wouldn't have survived the fire. Okay, so there's nothing with wheels on in this place. Nothing to easily carry something. And there's no fabric at all. The the nesting area is again kind of plush, but it doesn't look like it has any blankets or anything like that. Again, it's assumed that the game in this case don't use a blanket, at least as far as I know. Yeah, um, there's a cape that he's wearing. Because that will only cover one. Well, what about in the in the about foul meta knowledge five yards? Gotta let them solve it on the zone. Fair. (laughs) All right, I'm going to call my housekeeper. What is she gonna do? She might be able to lift as much as I can. She's not gonna lift. She's gonna bring us a cart and a big blanket. Okay. Okay. So I will put in a call to... I can't remember her name. Johnny. Jorney. 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 That's uh, it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'll put in a call to her. So Jorney was a little taken aback. It's like, oh, ma'am, there you are. Thank you. Good. Good. There have been many discussions going around, and I was hoping to talk to you about them. But, oh, you seem to be busy. And in... Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, how can I help you, ma'am? Okay, so long story short, the ship is safe. We're just a little bit off course, but I'm trying to help that situation. I need you to find me a cart big enough to hold, and I'm going to describe it as one canister, but I'm going to give the dimensions of all three. 
Okay. One one object in these dimensions. And then I need a covering for it. Something that just can't be seen through, like a tablecloth or a tarp or something like that. I need you to deliver it to the entrance of the methane section and have the guard there send me a, 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 a call and I'll come and get it. Okay. Aparo actually says, I, I, I will wait for it. Let's not get another person involved. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sending a friend of mine, his name is Aparo, out to the entrance to uh, meet you there. Very, uh, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I, I, I think I have some of my people to help. Give me a, a, a 25 standard minutes. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. I'll, I'll be right with you. She disconnects the call. Aparo looks over and says, if you are safe, I will go away out front and so we can get this together very quickly. I believe we are safe. I just want to make one more call to our partner and uh, uh, business partner, her to pre- not partner, partner. Yeah, business <laughs> partner and tell her to prepare her lab so that we can study this. Of course. Uh, though I do have one request before I go. Yes. He holds out his hand. Oh, certainly. You may have it. It is of no use here. And <laughs> yes, he please. over the 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 uh, torch. Torture. <laughs> yeah, he's like just for safety. He takes it. He tucks it into his, his cape, and I, I'll take this outside. Certainly. <laughs> so have your communicator on standby because if we encounter some really big bugs, we're going to be screaming into it. <laughs> I understand, of course. Uh, you make uh, so he goes out the door. And you call Mirgrat. Yes, Mirgrat answers again. <laughs> Which, by the way, it, it, you'll hear initially the. Mirgrat. Mirgrat is going to explain to. Uh, Wagner and Tubo that they need to talk to Dooley in, uh, not in Yithian because she doesn't speak it, but the, the rule where they have to speak to each other all in Yithian still applies. <laughs> and then they're going to switch out of that and say, yes, friend Dooley, how may I be of service? I, um... What are you doing with my kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ice cream. Oh, save me some. I wanted to let you know to prepare your lab. We're bringing three specimens in for you to examine. This is exciting! What manner of specimen? You gotta see it to believe it. Brain and spinal column that still appears to be alive. Shall prepare my lab right away. Thank you. We will be there hopefully within the hour. Uh, Mirad is going to hang up and then explain in Yithian to uh, Wagner and Kubo that they are going on a field trip. <laughs> oh no, we're bringing it to you. No, no, but they have to go to Mirad's lab. Oh yes, yes, yeah. that's true. We went there. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Mirad's announcing their field trip. Which, interestingly enough, Mirgrad's lab was in the, was in the uh, was actually Mirgrad's quarters, which, if memory serves, were in the second class quarters, 
which are probably closer to the alien sector than they are to where the ambassador is. So technically, the Dooley is closer to where you guys are going than, than Mirgrad is. Yeah. It's going to take us a while to load all the guards. We have to get the cart. Yeah. We should also take these sealed ones, I think, because I think I know what's in them, and we shouldn't open them or leave them around so someone else might. Okay, we'll just pile everything on the cart and cover it. Yeah, be really careful with the sealed jars. Okay. I will need also a notice check for the two of you guys, from uh, uh, Ty and Julie. 30. Hi. Oh, damn. Okay, so... Basically, while you guys are, you know, getting things prepped, you're initially taking some of the jars and taking them out of the closet and putting them in, in the main room so that when the cart shows up, it's just that bada bing bada boom. This is when Dooley notices that there has been something else left behind. Not just the brains in the jar, it's not just the spare jars, the closed ones and the open ones. And by the way, yes, there should be about ten times as many jars as there was when you guys, you know, is ten times as many jars before than there is now. So you, that gives you guys a couple things to pause about. The other thing is, is that two things fall out of the closet. One is this small, small knife uh, made of some sort of silvery material you've never seen before, but the handle has something that looks like the amber, the drug amber, it's even a small cube, but it's red. Oh dear. Definitely taking that. The other? You touch that with your hands. <laughs> and with your skin. The other thing that falls out, when you guys reach for one of the one of the, the, the uh, jars, you find out there's actually something on top of it. And so when you tip it over, all of a sudden this <laughs> falls out. About nine inches by 12 inches. It's about an inch thick. Hardcover bound. Strange greenish leather. Okay. Yes. I um, look I at it for a moment. Yeah. Don't open that. Okay. Just, just don't. Just. And not pick it up with one. my hands either. <laughs> I wouldn't actually. I should, I'll just. I'll take it. I'll pick it up. It's probably okay. fine. <laughs> you hope. Probably fine. Uh, it's more like, like right. fine if I do it than if Dooley does. I, I just pick it up. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, well, just put it with the other stuff and we'll... we'll uh... I'll carry this one, I think. Wouldn't want to see lost. Okay. Or opened by accident. I, I look at I, I look at Ty suspiciously. She explained about the books, just not her individual book. Um... If that's one of those books that you were talking about, then I'm sure Mirgrat will want to see it. Oh, I'm sure she will, but as far as I know, the only way to get back into a different body is with one of these books. I don't want her to ruin it uh, with her mystery tests, so to speak. I also just don't want it to get lost. Yeah. I'm just carrying it. Okay, yeah. Alright. Okay. So... As you load everything up within about a half hour, Haro returns with, um, believe it or not, with a catering cart. That's perfect. Is it, it one of those that has the roll top thing? No, it's one of those that has um, 
it's usually a couple of shelves underneath it and a white tablecloth that goes over it and a space for like a platter on top. Okay, cool. Yep, perfect. Okay. So you load up. I was thinking of like the hospital ones where they deliver a lot of different foods and it's got a like a roll top side that goes up. Oh yeah. Don't think of it that way. Think of it as room service. Okay. Room service in a really nice hotel. All right. So you're able to look forward, but you notice there's actually a couple more behind them. The two are sealed, however. You also have the sealed ones that are here, uh, besides the four with the, the brain, and a couple of the empties. Ty said she's grabbed the book, and uh, Dooley, did you grab the dagger? Yeah, well, not with my hand. I'll pick it up with, like, a sleeve or something. Okay. Because Ty said not to pick it up. Fair enough. So... Aparo comes over, he helps out. Oh, he looks actually at the, the brain stuff as well. That's even um, a little bit more disconcerting the second time around. Very well. Uh, load them up. Be careful. And uh, we will cover them up. And uh, hold, uh, you said there are two entrances to this? Uh, that's true. They said the other one was uh, locked. It was uh, he, he was towards the, the ass. Okay. Back door sounds good. That's what I'm thinking. Let's go see if we can unlock it. Less questions. Okay. You guys navigate your way through the alien corridor, looking like you're about to deliver some sort of delicacy to somebody. And of course, like every other uh, uh, hotel chain, when you see people with uh, getting room service, people will stick their heads out of the door going, what's that? Is that any good? Uh, yeah, we just got to turn there and go, like, Braids! It's Braids! <laughs> Unfortunately, you realize if you pass in Takara, you know what's going to happen, right? Um, I yeah, would well, just say that, that the ambassador has instructed us to investigate, and this is part of the investigation, and no, I am sorry, I cannot give it to them. I was about to say, though, if my initial reaction of a Takara saw it, would be the, you know, what is it? Brains. Oh, I'll have what they're having. <laughs> yeah, you do navigate through. Aparo is a little timid, a little nervous, but he seems to be doing okay. And when you get to the other side, you do, you know, pull off the mask, hang him up, except for Dooley's who, you know, stashes it away. And you head towards Mirgrat's room. Mirgrat? Uh, just because they had an extra some time to wait, you probably get there about the same time that they do. Just again, the distance changes versus the time, everything else like that, yeah. So... Factoring in how much of a hustle Mirgrad is putting on because they're excited about the brains. <laughs> uh, yeah, but still, you know, again, there's only so fast that lifts and general transit through a, a boat will get you. Yeah, well, um, so is my dump stat, so that's fair. <laughs> But uh, but Wagner and uh, Tubo, again, uh, come along very quickly. You actually do meet uh, Jorni on the way out. Sorry, as you come in, Jorni's going out. And Jorni recognizes Mirgrat and says, Oh, uh, good being. Uh, I was just helping our uh, my, my, my mistress. Uh, is everything seem to be okay? Yes, I'm awaiting new scientific developments. Oh. Uh, sh sh shall I go with you? 
she she's on the way back from from delivering the, brain, the cart, right? Correct. Do not believe your assistance will be required at this time. Thank you for the offer. I, I understand. I will. I uh, I, I await my mistress's uh, uh, request. Yes, thank you, thank you. And she kind of shuffles off. Yes, and she's still wearing, you know, the the uh, very much. I am a servant, but I'm a well-paid servant outfit. <laughs> you head over to your your lab. Like I said, you get there about the same time. They roll up with the cart, and so you have both the cart there. You have a paro who is actually looking like it's a little nervous, but then you realize he is a ranger in full ranger outfit pushing a a drink cart. Nice. I can be pushing it, but yeah. Yeah, I ain't pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You haven't jumped bodies again. And, and Dooley has something, and Ty has something, so yeah, I would have gone to Aparo to do a lot of the pushing. So yeah, so you guys all meet around the, around the quarters at the same time. And Bogner and, and uh, Tuvo actually point you guys out. And Tuvo actually goes, Mom, are you okay? Oh, uh, yeah, everything's fine, you know. Just some inconveniences. Look what I found. I, like, pulled the book out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm guessing, when you hold it out, brings the Papara equivalent of a schoolgirl squeeze from Mirgrat. Mirgrat is making grabby hands. <laughs> uh, this is mine. This, I found this. This is mine. I need this. You have, you have plenty of interesting things to eat or study, whichever you prefer. Yes, that's correct! Please bring the brains inside! Okay, I, I want to emphasize, Mirgarat, that these may be living creatures. They respond to stimuli. Also, there's some seal jars, which I don't think you should open for any reason. Maybe we I can And like, look over this. Can we have this conversation? Away from the open hallway? Oh, yes. <laughs> I just like, eh, stranger things have happened around here. Somebody's listening to us. Bring me in my laboratory! So, yes. You all enter in. Uh, well, Bogner finds your laboratory fascinating because he's used to, you know, chemistry, reagents, big bubbling tubes, and the occasional Jacob's Ladder of Electricity versus a full science lab from even the 21st century, let alone the 23rd century Pac Marah science lab. It's like, you know, there's no way of, of defining it. It literally is like if you from the 1990s working off of a 286 was just introduced to a, uh, was just introduced to the iPhone 7. I mean, I think we're going to have a lot of problems to begin with because I don't do Macs anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but but that aside, uh, I am going to deputize Tubo uh, to be in charge of making sure Wagner doesn't break anything, and I am going to do so in Yithian because we're, we're still speaking to each other in Yithian, just not to the people who don't speak it. Fair enough. They, 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 they understand. They kind of go... And even two, I was like, you're putting me in charge of him? Um, uh, okay. Um, two, it, it also explains, like, um, I'm, I'm a kid. I knock things over all, over all the time. Uh, I don't mean to. Just, you know, it happens. And... Neither you know, little... explain the benefits of the buddy system. <laughs> he just kind of nods and says, I, I, I understand. Of course. Of course. 
and then you know, he uh, Wagner says, "I will take your lead <laughs> by all means, child. Show me the basics." And he's like, "Okay, right over this way." Um, however, give me a notice check, Mirabrat. They're still still speaking in the Proto Yithian, so uh, nobody else can understand this. Hey, so. Mister. This would be interesting. Twenty-five. Oh, natural twenty. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> So the offhand comment, which you think you understand, and neither Ty nor Paro or Dooley can hear this at all, just Mirgrat, is uh, Wagner looking over at Tuvo and says, that book your mom has, do you recognize it? He says, no, why, do you? He says, no. And they just kind of like, oh, they kind of shrug it off and then just move on with their day. You, everybody wheels everything in. Aparo actually does do, once the door is closed, he actually takes the cloth off the rack. And he, he doesn't do it with a full magician, you know, whoosh, ta-da! But it's more of like the, he, he whips off the the uh, uh, the covering with a purpose. And Mirga gets a chance to look at the brains, staring back at her. At her. Okay, damn, damn. We've been doing this for a few months now. We know pretty well. Yes. I'm gonna reach out to those brains telepathically. Uh, <laughs> oh no. All right, you can only do one at a time. This is right up there. This is right up there with no harm ever came from a book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which brain slash set of eyeballs looks most excited to see me? Well, it's hard to figure out who's excited to see you when they don't have eyelids, eyebrows, or teeth. Yeah, but which one is tracking my motion the closest? Okay, so you choose one with uh, green eyes, and it looks human enough, so you're like, okay, I understand human. Let's, we'll do that one. Right. Yeah, I'm reaching out to this brain telepathically. Okay. Give me a telepathy check. Okay, give me just a sec. Natural oh! Natural 20 wow. again! Range of 30. So, you do the universal raise your hand, which is the indication of I'm going to scan you and try to talk telepathically to a thing that can't respond. Um, you close your eyes and bow your head and do the usual, I'm, you know, trying to connect with the brain. You know, our minds are one mind. And the one you chose answers back. Help ye. Help ye. Is, is that all? Like, I'm going to try and, like, find out, like, how do I help it? What kind of being is it? Okay. You're trying to make some investigation questions first. Okay. Yeah, like, so, what's going on? When you contacted, that's it was initially basically was all thinking was help me, help me. When you start asking questions, suddenly you know understands that there's a connection and it comes to the back. And so um, he asked, "Well, how can I help you? Where's my body? It wasn't part of the deal." Okay, so I'm gonna ask this this individual's name. I am. Sergeant Chuck Osteen. 
Okay, that is ringing a vague bell with Becca. Um, I don't know <laughs> if it should be ringing a bell with Mirgarat, uh, but uh, I think Mirgarat's going to turn and ask, uh, do we know a Sergeant Chuck Osteen? Oh, yes, uh, Paul Blart. He's dead. This is awkward! <laughs> Actually, uh, the George, George Tuska was the Paul Blart. Uh, I doesn't know the difference. Chuck, that's okay. Uh, go the ahead and make all three of you make an intelligence check. I'll go with that. Let's start with uh, Dooley. What's your intelligence again? Yours was 17. 17. Go make a check. 13. Okay. Uh, Ty, what your intelligence was? 14? 13. 13. Okay, go ahead and make a roll. 23! Oh! Unfortunately... Well, sorry, that's uh No, you rolled a 10. You just had the 13 in there otherwise. So that's fine. So that's a 10. And then, uh, Becca, go ahead. My intelligence is 16. Okay. Oh, I did that wrong. Oh, well. Okay, I'm going by the basic guy roll, so... Yay! Okay. So all three of you succeeded in your intelligence check, and you wait... Wait... Chuck Osteen, Sergeant Chuck Osteen. He was in the room when Mirgrat was being fought over by the entity. He was the sergeant at the time. He's the guy who uh, went with your uh, friend Grant, your, the, the other ally Grant, to investigate the nurse issue when George Tuska got shot. Um, I wasn't there for that. That's true. He was also there talking to, he's like the second in command, or like third in command, of the security division under Kali. And he's clearly been body snatched, so this is bad. <laughs> oh dear. Ooh, and I hate to do this to you, but I think here is where we should, uh, uh, unless you guys have something desperate you want to do, I think here is a good place to stop. Does that mean I'm, my real body isn't going to get arrested anytime soon? <laughs> Oh, by the way, eyeballs in in a brain somewhere. I will also say this: you didn't ask his name, but Chuck Osteen was the guard that was you guys passed on the way into the uh, alien sector. What? You didn't, like I said, you didn't. Oh. Well, once we do an investigation and and look up his record to try and figure out how he got in the place where he is, we'll see the picture and then we'll know. Exactly. But that's for the future. <laughs> Which means I should make a note. <laughs> and you thought the explosion is how bad it could possibly be. But now we have brains in jars. Brains that think and ask and wonder where they are. I know where you're going to be next time. You're going to be right here in our new establishment, enjoying another story of me, Benini, telling you about the Tao Marie Celestia on the Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Now, if you'll excuse me. No, no, no. That is a casting love seat. And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey. 
or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com. Or now you can follow us on Twitter at odysseyb5dm. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our audio engineer is Gabriel Belton. Our theme music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons license and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.